Well, praise the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me today for Kingdom Rock Radio. It really is a pleasure and an honor to come before you every week to bring you the rich word of God. And currently, we're in the series entitled No Lack. And today is part three in that series, and it is entitled Abundance. And I believe that you'll be richly blessed today. Did I tell you that we're in a building fund project? That's right. God has given me the commission of building the house of the Lord, building another wonderful church sanctuary for the presence of God to dwell. It's not only going to be a church sanctuary, but a place also of media and broadcasting. The Lord has also commissioned us to share the gospel all around the world, but not just my voice, but with many others around the community. This is a great and wonderful thing. Just go to our website for more details at www.kingdomrock.org. So you can give by text at 770-766-7625. That number again, 770-766-7625. That's how you give by text. And that's simple. All you have to do is just text the, text the dollar amount. So you can text the dollar sign and then an amount like $100 or $10. And if it's your first time giving by text it to our to our church, and if this is your first time giving to our church by text, it's going to send you some login information and get your information and all that, and it's going to set you up. But after that, you can text as many times as you want to, no problem whatsoever. So I encourage you to do that. That number again is 770-766-766. 2-5. Oh my goodness, we'll be so grateful. And I thank you in advance for helping me to build the house of the Lord. Thank you for partnering. If you've never supported Kingdom Rock Radio before, now is the time to do it. Or you can just send your donation in through the mail at P.O. Box 1285, Bremen, Georgia 30110. That address again, P.O. Box 1285, Bremen, Georgia, 30110. We will be so glad, and I thank you for partnering with me. Again, for more details, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. Well, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled Abundance, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. All right. Let's go with, uh, go with me, if you will. We're going to go back into the book of Matthew, Matthew, the 14th chapter. And uh, we're going to continue there today, and we're going to be in the subject in the series entitled No What? Lack. No, lack. no Lack. No Lack. That is something that God has given to you. Now, we've been here for the last several weeks, and we're going to go right back here today. There's so much more that is here that we didn't really get. I feel like I could really write a book on this. Maybe, I don't know, Diane, maybe it will be a book. I do not know. We'll see, huh? Oh, it's already been wrote. That's right. That's right. That's right. It's been written. All right. Matthew 14. And uh, we're going to read again. And uh, we will start. At verse number 14. And uh, we'll go down to verse number 21. Are y'all ready? All right. 14 says. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion towards them. And he healed their sick. Verse 15. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place. And the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, they need not depart. Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, bring them hither to me. Verse 19. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground or rather on the grass and uh, took the five loaves and two fishes and looked up to heaven. And he blessed rather he blessed and break and gave the gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. Verse 20. And they did all eat. Say all eat. all eat. They did all eat and were filled. And they took up the fragments that remained 12 baskets full. Verse 21. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men. 
beside women and children. Best estimates, we said on last week, best estimates, uh, really about 5,000 people were fed on that day. What a miracle. 5,000 people, rather 15,000 were fed that day. Best estimates. What a miracle. Fed with five loaves and two fishes. What a miracle. What a miracle. Remember, we want to decode the word of God because we need this to operate in our lives. Amen. Amen. And it is happening even right now. There's divine multiplication. So we're going to let's just go right into the word. And uh, there are a few things that I want you to notice here. Two things we're going to talk about today. One is how to gain abundance. How to gain abundance into the purpose for abundance, how to gain abundance and the purpose for abundance. Now, if you don't need more than enough, there's no point in you listening to me. If you don't need overflow, there's no point in listening. None whatsoever. As a matter of fact, the only person that does not need it is the one really that is selfish is one that is self-centered. Are you hearing? Let me give you a few observations. We talked about how the disciples were able to have the fragments, right? The people were fed, uh, but the feeders, the disciples, they had 12 baskets. Rather, there were 12 baskets of fragments left over, more than enough. How did the disciples get in the position of receiving more than enough and the people were just filled for that day? This is what this is what we want to look at. And here's one observation that the Lord gave me uh, to give you today. The reason that some of us are not experiencing overflow. Hear me. The reason that some of us are not experiencing abundance in our lives. The reason that some of us are not experiencing more than enough is because our problems are too small. Your needs are too small. Boy, that went up really well, didn't it? (laughs) I cannot find anywhere in the word of God where God gives great resources to small problems. He gives great resources to great problems. He gives great resources to great need. One of the things that we discover here is how the Lord Jesus expanded the need. At first, it was just the 12 disciples and one Jesus, 13 people. They told the Lord, Lord, let all the other people go so they can find themselves something to eat. Jesus expanded the need and said, give you, you give them something to eat. He expanded the need. He calls them to look beyond, therefore, and no more. If your need is only with you and yours, you're not going to have overflow. But if your need expands, if the need expands, if the problem expands, then you'll have great supply for great need. Let me give you one one very good example, which we talk about the food bank. As long as the Ware family were just concerned about themselves, they had a little supply. But as soon as the Lord released a vision for the food bank to feed community, then there's big supply. If your problem is too small, if you're only looking at you, if your need is too small, then there's no need for great supply. But the larger your problem, the larger your need, the larger the supply. What has to happen is that you have to ask God to expand your vision. Look past where you are and see the need that's around you. Jesus told them, you feed them. At that moment, he expanded their vision and also expanded their supply. Great supply is given to great need. Say that with me. Great supply supply is given to great need. need. Little supply supply is given to little need. need. 
as long as you look at yourself and what you have, you'll always have little. But if you focus on, Lord, I need not only my rent money, but I want to help someone else with theirs. I need not only mine, but put me in a position to help someone else. There's someone else that's in need of it. And you take ownership of their problem in so many words. You take responsibility of their problem. You see the need. There's a need in this community. There's a need. There's a need. You take ownership of it. Here comes big supply. Does that make sense to you? So, again, if you want overflow, you want extra, you want more than enough, you want the baskets of fragments, then you've got to have a big need. Ask the Lord to focus your eyes on the need that's already around you. As long as your vision is small, you'll get small provision. As long as it is selfish, you will get small provision. Does that make sense to you? So we got to understand that. So the Lord expanded their vision. He expanded their vision from the 13 to the 15,000. Now, that's quite an expansion. 13 to 15,000. In the process of feeding the 13, rather the 15,000, they ended up with much more. Much more. Let's go back again. Let's talk about it's the food bank day. Let's talk about the food bank day. When we were just serving the children in the church, just serving the people that came uh, to the food bank, uh, we we're doing back to school, school supplies. When it was just a little, we received just a little. But the moment we turn our eyes to the county, to the community, to the surrounding areas, then track the trailer loads came in. That's right. And it kept coming in and it kept coming in and it kept coming in. It went from feeding or serving, giving a few supplies to 25 or 30 or 100 children to over 2000 children, 2500 children. And stuff left over for the following year. There were fragments left over and you work those areas. You know what I'm talking about. But as long as you are just concerned about. I have to get my kids some supplies, have to handle my business. Well, then you will only have little. Again, the reason why many of us are not receiving fragments, not receiving more than enough is because our needs or our problems are too little. Ask the Lord to expand your vision because you'll see this today. This is one of the purposes of the kingdom of God. Oh, my God. Let's go ahead and get to it. Let's go ahead and go right up. We're going to fast forward just for a moment. I, I, I'm changing to paper now. Praise God. Amen. I'm, cha- I'm changing the paper. Lord's been dealing with me about paper. Praise the Lord. <laughs> go to, go to uh, Matthew 13. Let's go over just one chapter. Matthew 13. And let me show you some things about the kingdom of God. And then uh, then we'll then we'll come back. Because there's so much more I want to show you now, Matthew 13. And uh, let's look at verse 31, read down to verse 33. This is awesome. I want you to see this. Let me tell you the plan of the enemy as you get that. The plan of the enemy is to keep the gospel restricted to the church walls. As long as people, as long as churches just have fun in the building, he's not threatened. But the moment we rise up and affect the culture, then he gets upset. As long as we just love, love each other, love on each other, and, and hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? And it stays within the walls of this building, that's no big deal. But the moment the culture begins to change, the moment we began to stand for social justice and beginning to uh, go forth and to heal those and to go to nursing homes and hospitals and go to the school system and be involved in politics. The moment the kingdom of God expands, then he's threatened. Are you hearing? I never want to be a part of something, any church 
that just meets and that's all there is to it. You have a few songs, everybody happy, you go home and you go back home to hell. What needs to happen is that we receive the word here, receive an impartation here that affects us living out there. Other than that, it's useless. I don't want a God that just meets that, that I can go talk to him just in one building. That's idolatry. Let me go and bend down before this statue. I got to go to the church so I can bend down before the statue because God lives in the church and nowhere else. I don't want to be involved with that. Are you hearing? So look, let's look at this. Um, Matthew 13. Let me show you the purposes of the kingdom of God and why all this, why we are talking about all this. Verse 31, Matthew 13, verse 31 says, Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, the kingdom of what? The kingdom of heaven. I'm going to show you the differences, Lord willing, today between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Sometimes they are synonymous, can be the same thing, but not always. We'll talk about that, Lord willing. Uh, So the Lord, for our purposes right now, we're speaking of kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God synonymous at the moment. It says, another parable put he forth unto them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. Verse 32, which indeed is the least, say is the least. least. This is not opinion. This is fact is the least. All right. Let's back up again. The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed. Once you see this, the Lord's showing, excuse me for a second. The Lord's showing some great parallels here. All right. Once you really grab a hold of this. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. Verse 32, which indeed is the least of all seeds. The least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh the tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Now, verse 33, another parable uh, spake he unto them. The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leaven. Now, look at the other example. The Lord said, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Now, let me back up for a moment. The difference is between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven really talks about the mindset, the mindset or the thinking of the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven, kingdom of heaven talks about the mindset or the thinking of the kingdom or the mindset and thinking of the king. It's the mind of Christ in operation. It is the system, if you will, that governs the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the actual real estate, is the actual uh, property. It is the territory. All right. But if you get into one, you will get into the other. If you have the right mindset of the king, if you have the mindset of the king, you will enter into the kingdom of God. If you've entered into the kingdom of God, you'll have the mindset of the king. Does that make sense to you? So as the Bible talks about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who, who um, is like unto a, a grain of mustard seed, which is the smallest seed. Now, this seed is talking about thinking. This is a thought, a heavenly thought that is sold into the field. Field represents the world. Or the soil of your heart. Here's a heavenly thought or a word. The seed can be the word. Well, God gives words to change your thoughts. Words change the way you think. So here's this heavenly seed, which is the word of God, which is designed to change your thoughts. So we can say here is this thought that comes from heaven. Are you with me? This thought or this thinking enters into the field of your heart. When it enters in your heart, the Bible says that this thought, this word, this thinking is the least among all seeds. 
Least meaning small or lacking of influence of all the others. This thinking as it relates to all the other thinking in this world system seems small and insignificant. You say, yes, somebody. Well, how do I have abundance? You're going to give what? That doesn't make sense. I don't already have enough. I don't have enough as it is. You want me to give? Pay a tithe? What? Oh, that's the least. No, tell me about somebody investing. Tell me about something about how I'm making my money work for me. Tell me about that. Tell me about getting another job or this or that, the other. All these other thoughts seem so much larger and have so much of a greater influence on the culture. But this heavenly thought is the least. It is the one that is disregarded, is the one that is smallest. It is one that, that lacks influence. But the Bible says when it is grown, when it is grown, when it is, I love the word grown, it means also to augment. When it is augment, augment meaning uh, to make something larger by adding to it. When it matures within the heart, if that person, if you continue to hold on to the word of God, continue to hold on to that thought, continue to hold on to kingdom thinking, when it is grown, it becomes the largest. That small seed, that small thought, those principles of the kingdom of giving and receiving of of blessing those instead of cursing. Blessing those that curse you. I mean, and that small way of thinking, that small life that Jesus has given unto us, that becomes largest, the largest. It has more impact than anything else. Are you hearing? So the Bible says that when it's over, that that little mustard seed that looked insignificant becomes so large, it becomes like a tree or a large bush. So large that even the birds of the air come and lodge under its branches. In other words, it becomes a refuge for the community. It becomes a place. It becomes a, it becomes a resource where others come in and find rest under its branches. A fine uh, cool in the heat of the day right there it becomes a resource center because you allow that thought, that thinking of the kingdom to remain in you and grow. It becomes larger than any other. Now, there's also a word of warning in this as well. As this fault, as we allow the word of God to grow, to produce on the inside of us and not cast it aside or cast it away. The Bible says that the files of the air come in. Now, the file of the air is often representative of demonic powers. So when you grow well and you do well, the enemy is going to try to come in. But it cannot, they cannot diminish the fact that you are now a tree. They'll try to come against what you started, come against what you've done, but they cannot diminish it. Are you hearing? So this is what we're meant to be. And this is why we're here. This is what God is getting to you. The fact that you may look small, but wait until God adds to you. Continue to think on his words. Let the mind of Christ remain in you and you will become that city of refuge. You become that resource for the community. God wants to send in abundance, not just to your house, but to the houses that are around you. He wants to expand the kingdom influence. Does that make sense to you? And everywhere the kingdom of God was preached or everywhere the kingdom of God was ministered, You'll find abundance. You'll find people healed. You'll find deliverance. You have everywhere where the kingdom of God is preached. Captives are set free because another kingdom, another king is now beginning to rule and reign. So let's go back for a moment. Now let's go back over uh, to Matthew 14. This is our role. This is our duty. This is our assignment. God wants to give you more than enough. He wants to give you an overflow. He wants to give you excess. He wants to give you an abundance. He wants to give you abundance so that he may use you to supply the needs of others. But it's going to take another mentality to do that. It's going to take a whole new mentality altogether. 
in order to uh, to get that across. Remember, as we said, oftentimes, if he can get it to you, rather he can get it through you, he will get it what? He'll get it to you. But he's got but he's got to get it uh, through you first. In other words, they've got to be another type of mentality in operation. We have to change the way we think to that end. Let's go to Matthew 19 before we go back to 14. Let me show you this difference in thinking. The Lord lays it out so clean, so clear, so precise. I want you to see this. Matthew 19, we'll start verse 16 as we talk about the young rich ruler. And it says here, and behold, one came and said to him, good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Verse 17. And he said unto him, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one. That is God. But if thou wilt enter into the into uh, into life, keep the commandments. He said unto him, which Jesus said, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Verse 20, the young man said unto him, all these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? What do I lack? Verse 21, Jesus said unto him, if thou would be perfect, go and sell all that thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure where thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. Verse 22. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Now look at verse 23 and 24. This brings it all home. Get ready for this. 23 says, then Jesus said unto his disciples, verily I say unto you. That a rich man shall hardly enter into what? The kingdom of heaven. heaven. Verse 24. And again, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into what? The The kingdom of God. Two separate, two separate concepts, two separate notions. Again, the kingdom of God is the actual territory, is the actual real estate, is the actual place. It is the land, so to speak. It is the possession. But the kingdom of heaven is the thoughts. It is the mindset. Now, think about that as we look over this again. Verse 23, it says, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven, shall hardly enter the mindset of the kingdom of God, of the kingdom of heaven, the king's mind. Why? Because the rich man, his faith and confidence is in his money. Faith and confidence is in money. Remember, Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, sell all you have. In other words, change your confidence. Change the way you think. You think that with your money will bring you security. You think because you got the nice job, the nice salary, that this is going to sustain you. I'm trying to change the way you think. So how does he do it? Sell all that you have. Time to get a fresh mentality here. He said it's hard for him to enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's hard for him to change his mind. Jesus gave him words. Remember, the kingdom comes as seed, as words, as thoughts. He is trying to change his thinking. But because he had great possessions, he had trust in his stuff. It was hard for him to flip, hard for his thinking to flip over. It's hard for someone that has his heart and confidence in money and in stuff. And here's the battle with many of us today in today's church. And we're closing shortly. Here's the battle. The Bible says that the God of this world, you know, is really money, mammon, mammon. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and money, the system of things. So when it comes time to give and release, if mammon is ruling your life, you're going to hold and not release. Because mammon is a type of God. Money is a type of God. Sure it is. You want to see human beings flip? Just give them enough money. 
Want to see human beings dance? Give them enough money. Huh? Yeah. You want to see some human beings turn their backs on God and stop following him? Talk about their money. Talk about the time when the Lord says, if you take the mark of the beast, well, you can't buy or sell. That's money. Some will be going to church and say, well, hey, Jesus, you understand. I got to have this. So we're going to time for us to depart. You see, it comes all the way down to this. Who is your king? Who is your God? Who do you serve? Say, Lord, hey, Jesus, you know, we're together. You know, you're my master. You're my Lord. Where's your money going? And it's very quiet now. (laughs) Where's your money going? I've given you the examples of these three little pigs. Let's bring these out again. One says give, one says Spend, one says, save. What's the correct order of life? What's the blessed order? Give first. Always honor God. Give first. And then save. You're going to honor yourself. Honor yourself. Don't defraud yourself by not putting something away. Give to God. Honor God. Honor God. Then save. Honor yourself. And then you spend, you take care of your business. If you decide, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to spend. If I got anything left, I'll save. And this is why there's only a couple of dollars in offering plate every Sunday. This is why we only have a Lord. I don't have any money left for you. That's really what it is, isn't it? Oh, now he's he's left off preaching. He's going to meddling. But we're trying to get you. I'm trying my best. And I ask, Father, God, help me to change your mentality, change your thinking. Because if we continue in this sort of thing where we spend first, save if we can. And I'm so sorry, God, there's nothing left for you. You have put the blessings to the end. You have nothing left to bless. You have nothing left to honor or serve God. But if we put things in proper order, proper order, where we say, God, you're first. You're first. I'm going to give. And then we say, you know what? I'm going to honor myself. I'm going to honor my family and I'm going to save. I'm going to save. Even if it's five dollars a week, ten dollars a week, I'm going to save out of every paycheck. I'm going to save. I'm going to honor God and I'm going to save. And then I'm going to take care of my business. I'm going to spend food, groceries, bills, what have you. Then I'm going to do that. This is the way, because understand something. If God's first and God can turn to other little piggies and say, hey, y'all fall in line. Fall in line. He speaks to that savings account and say, money, stay in there. Stay in there. The blessings of God will come over to the save, to the spending. Make sure that there's sales and things of that nature. You end up spending a lot less. You end up spending a lot left, a lot less when things are in proper order. All right. Y'all back in order? Yeah, we're back in order. All right, then. Let's go. You understand? But as long as we continue to do, well, my money's in. I got to spend you know what? You know what? I'm not going to. I don't have money to save. I don't have anything. I don't. So at the end of the week or only two days later after you get your check or after you get your 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 salary. Nothing. There's no blessing. There's no anointing. There's no favor. Because we put God back. Well, someone said, you know what? Let's spend and let's try to save something. Spin tries. Okay, that's great. All right. I'm going to try to save now. Great, great, great. I'm going to try to save. That's good. But because there's no blessing, you'll end up just taking money right out of your savings account. And you'll always be back again with nothing. Because there's no blessing. No blessing. But if we say, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to rather, that was, that was give. <laughs> but if I put things in proper order, if I give, 
save and spend, that's where you're going to see the increase. That's where you're going to see the increase. Are you hearing me? So as we close in just a few moments. We have the Lord is having us to switch over to another mentality, to a kingdom mentality where it's not just you taking care of you and yours. But it's God using you to take care of the multitude. This is where overflow comes in. This is where more than enough comes in. Do You understand that? And the reason why we have not experienced more than enough, the reason why we haven't experienced overflow is because our problems or our needs are too small. Are too small. Great resources are not given to small problems. Great resources are not given to small needs. If you want great resources, have a great need. Are you with me? Now, let's go back to Matthew 14. As we attempt to close here in my third closing. Yes, third closing. I want to bring some things to you that we talked about last week that make sure that they are in your hearing. Make sure that you get these in you. Please make sure you get these in you. Please make sure you get these in you. Because there is a pattern, there is a kingdom pattern to overflow and increase. If you work the pattern, you'll have the increase. If you work the pattern, you'll have the increase. How did Jesus multiply the fishes and loaves? Remember, the fishes and loaves are representative of the needs that he had on hand, or rather, the the resources that he had on hand. The need was possibly 15,000 people. But the need, or rather the resources that he had, was too little to meet that need. Now, does anybody understand that? Having resources or having money that is too little to meet a great need. That's where you're trying to spread your money over and it's just not doing it. It's just, it's just not enough. Just not enough. But what I'm telling you is that God has already made a way for you to have more than enough. And if you follow what's said, please hear me. If you follow what's being said. He can take you from not enough to great big more than enough. Let's follow the pattern. Matthew 14. I'm not going to read again, but you'll see here a few things. I'm going to give you about eight things. Then we're going to close out. Follow the pattern. Tell your neighbor, tell them, follow the pattern. The first thing Jesus did was he he, uh, expanded the need. Ask God to show you more need. If you say, I don't have enough, I've got, I don't have enough to meet my obligations. Ask God to expand your obligations. Great need, uh, requires great resources. Ask him to show you what's around you because there are a lot of people that don't know how to connect with Jesus, but you do. Are you hearing? All right. Secondly, the Lord asked the disciples, what do you have? In other words, acknowledge your current resources. Don't run away from it. Don't run away from it. Acknowledge it. The Lord told him, you see the need? Yes. All right. Well, what do you have? He's asking, what do you have? Acknowledge what you have. It's little, but acknowledge it. Don't run away from it. Don't dismiss it. Don't hide from it. Acknowledge it. But see here again, a lot of people, they're stuck right here because they don't know what they have. That's going to require a little bit of work, a little bit of accounting. What do you have? What resources do you have to meet the needs you have? What resources do you have? Are you hearing? They said five loaves and two fishes. So Jesus is saying, face it. Face the lack. Many of us run from the lack. He says, face it dead on. Face it head on. Look at that demon right in his face. 
The third thing he says to the disciples is bring it to me. Bring it to me. Here's the next test. Can you take the little that that's already not enough that you have? And, you know, since you've looked at it, you know what you have is not enough. Can you take the not enough and bring it to Jesus? Remember, the thought of society, the major thought of society is if you don't have enough, you better hold it. You better hold that dollar so tight. Green rubs off on your fingers. <laughs> what wrong with you want to give what to church? What's wrong with you? Remember, the kingdom thought, the kingdom mindset is the smallest among others. Smallest among others. Put that away. Wait, are you crazy? I wouldn't get no money down. No church. What's wrong with you? You don't have no money paying your car. No, you don't have money to pay your light bill. And you want to do what? The kingdom thought smallest among others. But when it has grown, it becomes the largest. And they begin to come to you and ask you for money. Jesus says, bring it to me. Can you bring the little? You say, look, I don't, look, I don't have enough. I can't afford to tithe. I can't afford to give an offer. Look, I, it took all the money I had just to get up here this morning. I can't afford it, God. I can't afford it, God. <laughs> Work the kingdom pattern. Work the kingdom pattern. Are you hearing? Amen. Trusting him. Trusting him. You trust Jesus with your soul. Trust him with your pocketbook, too. Are you hearing? I know I'm touching. I know I'm touching some stuff. That mammon is crying out. Trust him. Turn to your neighbor and say, trust him. Trust him. The next thing the Lord did was he commanded them to sit down. He commanded the people to sit down. In other words, he made room for the increase to come. He made room for the increase to come. He set the atmosphere to receive. He put the people in expectation. Now, understand, these are all hungry people. I'm sure they're hung, their stomachs are growling. I've never heard 15,000 stomachs grumble at one time, but I bet you it's pretty loud. <laughs> the disciples were hungry. I'm sure probably the Lord Jesus was hungry, too. There's a lot of need there. They all ate and were filled, remember? But he told them, hey, sit down. So they all were like, oh, okay, we're about to get something to eat. Okay. <laughs> you don't tell a bunch of hungry people to go sit down. You tell them to go ahead and leave and go find yourself something to eat. <laughs> but the moment you tell a bunch of hungry people to sit down, you think, oh, okay, something about to here. Somebody about to feed me. He said the atmosphere of expectancy. Set the atmosphere of expectancy in your life. After you release to Jesus, then be in the atmosphere of expectation. Then set yourself to receive what you believe God for. Are you hearing? Amen. Turn to name and tell him, work the pattern. He prepared them to receive. He prepared the need to receive. He prepared to receive. Some of you may have to call a call a bill collector and say, hey, you know, I'm going to pay you soon. Preparing the need to receive. How much do I owe you again? How much do I owe you? All right. I'll be getting back with you. Call the next person. How much do I owe you? All right. All right. I'm not running from it anymore. I'm looking at it head on. Oh, my God. He also took it. He also received it. They gave it to him and he took it. Now, that's not a small thing because Jesus doesn't always take an offering, doesn't always receive an offering. Yes, and there's witness. God does not always receive an offering. Look at Cain and Abel. He received Abel's offering, but did not receive Cain's offering. Are you hearing me? There are times when God told Moses, don't receive their offerings. Look at the book of Malachi, the third chapter. He told the priest, stop those folk from bringing that stuff in there. They bring this stuff that's lame and blind and halt. Stop it. Just because you give it doesn't mean God's going to receive it from you. Look at look at Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter five. 
They had an offering and they brought it in. They all fell. They both fell dead. Just because you give it doesn't mean God got to take it. But he received their offering. He received the five fishes, or rather the two fish and the the five loaves. And because he received it, uh, it was transferred to the kingdom. A few more things. Then we're going to close out. Are y'all still with me today? The next thing that Jesus did was that he looked up. Now, this is what you're going to have to do, okay? This is what you're going to have to do. Please hear me. This is what you're going to have to do. I'm trying to get you out of the lack to more than enough. This is what you're going to have to do. This is what you're going to have to do. You're bringing the Lord the little that's there. You're operating in the spirit of expectation now. All right, Lord, I've been obedient. I've been obedient. And you're making ready to receive the extra, making ready to receive it. You're making plans to receive it. What are you going to do when it comes? Who are you going to pay? What are you going to do with it? You're making plans when it comes. Then the Lord says here um, that he looked up. In other words, he got the, the word, the actual, actual, the word there, look up, means to regain sight. To regain sight or to recover sight or to recover lost sight. He looked away from the problem. And look to the answer. Now, what was done here in a matter of minutes with the Lord Jesus and the disciples and the multitude could take you days or weeks to accomplish. How long will it take you to look away from your problem and look up to God? How long will it take? Because the problem can weigh you down. Depending on how long you've looked at the lack, it can weigh you down. Because if you looked at lack long enough, you become hopeless. You become worried, you become confused, and you tend to look down. So you have to readjust your thinking now to look up to the source of your provision. Readjust and recover the sight that there's more with you than there are against you. Are you hearing? Next thing he did, as we said before, he blessed it. Instead of cursing what you have, instead of cursing a little, instead of cursing it, he blessed it. He blessed the word blessed there also means to celebrate, to invoke the blessing of God upon it, asking God also to bless it. We here again get in the pattern of cursing the little that we have. I don't have enough money. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't got this and I don't got that. And you end up just cursing your own finances, curse your own bank account, cursing your own job. And when you curse something, you diminish it. You diminish it out of your own mouth. You curse your own life. Then by the end of the month, I don't have no money. I don't have any money. And that's been that same old pattern that we got to break out of. So instead of cursing it, bless it. Father, I bring this to you. These five, uh, five loaves and two fish or bring my paycheck to you. Here it is. And you know what I have to pay. Here it is. And you know what I want to do in the community. Things you've shown me. Here it is. I bless you for this. I celebrate you that I have this. I celebrate you and I honor you with this. Are you understanding? Because what's happening here, he is taking what is cursed. Remember the the bread uh, comes from the ground, the ground cursed. He's taking what is cursed and he's flipping it over and changing it, changing it under new management into the kingdom of God. By the blessing, he took what was cursed and transformed it into what is blessed. After he blesses it, he breaks it. He does what he has to do. And he operates in the principle, we don't have time to get in today, but he operates in the principle of uh, a divine echo. A divine echo. Because what he does here, God then does before their eyes. A divine echo or agreement. The same thing happened with Abraham and with Isaac. Uh, they broke it there. Then God said, okay, you know what? I'm going to do the same thing with my son, but you know, I'm going to let him continue it out. There's a divine echo where the Lord tells the disciples as well. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound 
in heaven. Echo, whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. A divine echo. He says them to them as well, says to us, if you don't forgive your neighbor their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. That echo, that, uh, that divine agreement, he sets things in motion. But what he did here, then God did it also there. But if we don't have a first part where we are doing something, what can God echo or what can God multiply? Does that make sense? Uh, I pray you receive the word of God today. We'll stop there today. Give God a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. 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 So you have a choice. Many of you are believing for, for jobs and you need to have jobs. Many of you are believing for raises and you need to have raises. You need to have promotions. You need to have free things. But I'm telling you today, expand your thinking. Expand your territory. If your need is great, you'll have great resources. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful that you're with me today. Praise Jesus. We pray that you were richly encouraged by today's message and that you've received a great blessing. Don't forget to contact us on our website at www.kingdomrock.org. We'd love to see you in a live service every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And on Wednesday night, we start at 7 p.m. Come on out. Everyone's invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would so love to connect with you. And don't forget to stop by our website and check us out. Once again, our web address is www.kingdomrock.org. Well, until next time, my friends, remember that Jesus loves you so very much. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. God bless you, and we'll see you next time for more Kingdom Rock Radio.